7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Masia. And a very good evening. Welcome to another edition of Spot On with myself, Tabiso Musia, and Luyolom Kalipi. As always, producing tonight, we are discussing the state of rugby in the country as we continue our fact-finding mission of where we are as far as certain sporting codes are concerned. So today is also a sad day, though, for many, including myself. It's 17 years since the Ellis Park disaster uh, that saw 43 soccer fans lose their lives while attending a match between Kaiser Chiefs and Orlando Pirates. And we will hear from one of the families uh, tonight who lost their young one in this disaster. But before all of that, let's take a look at what's happening in your world of sport today, courtesy of our hardworking SABC sports team. And you're welcome to engage with us throughout the show. Our hashtag is SportOn, S-P-O-R. T-O-N and you can always take SAFM Radio on a Twitter and that's where we are and lines always open in the show 0891-104-207 but firstly a look at what's happening in your world of sport today courtesy of our team and long jumper Luvo Manyonga says he's over the moon after claiming another major medal this time gold at the Commonwealth Games earlier today uh, Luvo set a new Commonwealth Games record with a leap of 8.41 meters I got a little bit of challenges because of the, the track. I'm not familiar yeah. with it and I couldn't get time to practice on it exactly. I kind of feel the difference from the outside to the inside. But um, as I got like six jumps in and I was preparing myself and practicing on on the competition, it was quite risky, but I pulled it out. And well done there, young man. The comeback kid, if you want to call him uh, that. Uh, what an incredible inspirational story this of Uluvo Manyonga. Hot on his, hold, uh, on his heels like last year at the World Champs in London was compatriot Rushal Samai, who claimed bronze with the best jump of 8.22 metres. Sunetfal Yoon claimed a fourth straight Commonwealth Games medal. She finished third in the final of the women's javelin and she begged bronze thanks to an opening throw of 62.08 metres. Another bronze came in the men's F38 short put final. Reynard Harman finishing on the podium with a best mark of 13.15 meters to make it four medals on the track and field today for Team SA. There was also silver in lawn bowls. Uh, Princess Freda and Philippus Walker uh, lost 9-12 to Australia in the mixed B2, B3 pairs, but that was enough to earn a medal. So five medals for Team SA takes the tally to 26 and Team SA with 10 goals have moved above New Zealand to fourth on the table. We move on to football now and embattled Kaiser Chiefs coach Steve Compella has received support from his opposite number, Pizzo Musimane, after coming under fire uh, from Amakos and Compella looks to be on his way out following that statement that we read from Chiefs last night and uh, SABC Sports Aveli Lembuli spoke to Coach Pizzo. Misers. <coughs> yeah, these things do happen. He's, he's, Steve is more matured, uh, uh, I would say, maybe to rephrase it, he's, he's, he has been experiencing and um, really really uh, uh, been experiencing hard times eh? and tough times uh, for a long time eh? because mine I could say was maybe for a day or two you know him he's been it's not the first time eh? they've been throwing Fourth time to be exact. you see and the guy is, is mentally strong he's emotionally right 
So that's Coach Pizzo there talking about Coach Steven. A reminder, if you forget, if you forgot, in the Absa Premiership, it's all to play for in Mbombela. Relegation threatened Supersport United up against second-placed Orlando Pirates. United just three points of safety with five matches to go, while the Buccaneers are looking to close the four-point gap on leaders Sundowns. And it's Ajax versus Bidvers Vets in Cape Town with the Eben Warriors lying in 15th spot. Finally, how's this for a story? A former Black Leopards coach has been arrested and our reporter on the ground Litabo Khanyako uh, has more on this bizarre story. The Belgian born mentor is alleged to have left with the car keys in November 2017 and was asked to return them. When he did not, Leopards opened a theft case against him in February 2018. Menach had come to Johannesburg to attend a disciplinary resolution chamber case he opened against the club for unfair dismissal yesterday. The club reportedly alerted the police who then apprehended him. It is believed the keys are of the same car the coach claims Malaudi almost ran him over with. Furthermore, SABC Sport is reliably informed that Minah had requested a meeting with club officials at the police house this afternoon, which the club refused to attend, saying they did not want to interfere with police work. Meanwhile, the coach is expected to appear at the Polokwane Magistrates Court tomorrow for a formal appearance. This may be a blow for his future, as he was reported to be close to signing a contract with Ryan Sport in Rwanda. Letabokhanyago, SABC Sport, Polokwane. 7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Masia. What a bizarre story that was of Black Leopards. Uh, we're going to follow the developments on this one and find out what exactly is going on and how it's going to end. Well, as mentioned, today marks 17 years since the Ellis Park disaster and I'm so glad that some of the families are keeping the memories of their loved ones alive and long may it continue. And leading this is the mother of the youngest uh, victim. Her son, Roswin Nation, was 11 years old at the time and she joins us now on the line. Mrs. Nation, good evening and thank you uh, for joining us on SAFM. I don't even know if it's a good evening for you, ma'am, but thank you for for joining us. Good evening to you, Tabiso, and good evening to your listeners. Um, yes, it is. I suppose it's uh, it's bittersweet. At 17 years um, after the incident, and we thank the Lord that He's carried us through for so many years. And yes, bittersweet in the sense that you know, um, it's said that we as families have to. Celebrate this evening of ours, the Ellis Park Stadium, and that uh, PSL um, and them don't also come to the party to join us on this day, mm. which is actually a day to celebrate the the, 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 the lives of the 43 heroes, I call them heroes, mm. who lost their lives um, in the name of the game. They lost their lives for what they believe in, and yes, as the as the as the mother of um, the youngest victim this evening. Um, um, what do I say, Tabisa? <laughs> no, no, I can I can't, I can't I even say? imagine to be in your shoes, Mrs. Nation. But how do you feel when you wake up on April 11 every year? Um, I must say, say it. Mm. Said not because I'm not over over what happened. I think I've moved on, mm. and I want people to understand that I've moved on. Seventeen years later, I, I, I I've moved on. I've um, I've accepted what happened. Mm. But uh, when it, when when this whole incident happened, you know, PSL 
suffering was so clear that family spirit, family spirit, guaranteed us. Mm. If you need anything, when you need anything, call upon us, call on us. We will be there for you. We will do whatever. And to be so, I think you also know that um, this whole celebration thing started about three years ago yes. with, um, with me, the family calling upon uh, 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 the PSL and also Safa to just have a moment of silence. Yes. At least with one Soweto Dabi, mm-hmm. not with each and every one, just with one single one. I've written to them three I've, years I've ago. I've seen some of those uh, letters. Yes, yes, yes. I forward you some of them. Mm-hmm. I've actually included you in, mm-hmm. in, in some of them. Um, I've, uh, 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 um, three years ago, uh, the year after, this year, mm-hmm. and we, we, myself, my family, my husband, and our kids, my family, and, you know, um, also a few uh, supporters has also became our family mm-hmm. because they go with us every year. And we celebrate this day. We go to the stadium and we go and lay our wreath in memory of Roswan, mm-hmm. the youngest victim at the time, and also the other 42 people mm-hmm. who sadly lost their lives. And I suppose the people who who, who, who got injured also on that day, the piece of... So I've made it a point in my life, or we've made it a point that we will go and we will commemorate this day. Now, my reason for saying what I'm saying is, you know, when you reach out to people like I've reached out to to, to the PSL and to Safa, Chat Pirates, Chiefs, Chiefs and all of them, yes. and I've requested for, for three years now, guys, can we please just, I, I, I don't request, um, 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 I don't request for, or we don't demand for this day to be commemorated and everybody takes off from their work or their position. But you just want to, just to, to be acknowledged. Just to be acknowledged. Just to acknowledge this day or even a moment of silence mm-hmm. when uh, uh, the derby takes place. And for the past two years, they didn't even respond to my request to say, yes, no, we would. In fact, Come on, make it clear. I think Robin Peterson came back to me in my email yes. and said to me, "You know what? We will put this as um, um, we will we'll make it um, um, we we'll look at this and 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 really look at it to see if we can do it. And that is where it ended. Nothing has been and, done. Um, nothing has been done. Nothing. Nothing has been done. They never. Um, and and I don't know what it what it what it um, entail mm. for a moment of silence to be so. Oh, um, I, I think I'm ignorant if it comes to things like that. I don't know if there's a lot entail, if it's going to cost them a lot to have a moment of silence at any, just one doubt. And I don't think it will, it and I don't, I don't think it should, and we've seen it happen uh, so many times with other, even recently it happened this past weekend, Mrs. Nation. But just finally, Mrs. Nation, with us talking to the nation now and maybe other families that lost uh, family members are listening to this interview, how do they become part of this next year? Who do they get in touch with? They can get in touch with me. To, to be, so I've left my uh, contact details with 
um, another radio station as well. I'm not going to announce okay, my, I've also got my your number, but I, I, I would leave it with you and yes. anyone. And I, and I really want to, if anyone listening to the show tonight, if there's any family member, if there's anyone who knows a family member, um, I would really, really want for us to get in touch and for us to, to really collaborate and make this day, to celebrate this day uh, coming uh, of uh, the years to come. Mm-hmm. And and let's celebrate us. And you know, you know, uh, I said earlier on to someone um, when I speak to people, or when someone, when people introduce me and say, "You remember the Alice Park assembly? This lady lost her child. The, the Alice Park go back and see. Oh, wait, wait, I don't want that to happen. I want people to know this is part of our history of this country. People must know that the Alice Park." Stampede happened. It happened. And to be so, I want to, in the same uh, um, voice, say, it is so sad that even after the Alice Park Stampede, the same thing happened at the F&B Stadium. Yes, even, did, yes. even after recommendations was, 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 uh, uh, um, uh, um, came out and measures were supposed to be put in place, do you know that the F&B had two people also uh, passed on because of the same thing? And to me, that is it. Very sad, Mrs. So Nation. to me, to me we, uh, it, it, it means one thing, that the, soccer, the, 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 the PSL and um, SAFA did not take in consideration that recommendation that came out with uh, Judge uh, Bennett Muepe. Yes with the Alice Park Stampede. And oh. to me, that is said because it was said Stampede that a thing will, like that will never, ever happen in this country. Mrs. Nation, I think you've I think you've really said a mouthful, and um, I'm so glad that you're able to speak and you're able to also celebrate uh, the lives of, of of your young one and everybody else that was that was lost. And please, if anybody is listening and you lost a family member, get in touch with us. 0891-104-207. We'll put you in touch with Mrs. Nation. We have her contact details. But thank you very much, ma'am, for your time. Thank you so much. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. Sport on on SAFM. Sure, what a very sad uh, story this is uh, from Mrs. Nation. And every year we keep hearing the same stories, the same stories that there's no acknowledgement and hopefully uh, something will be done going forward. We cannot forget about the Alice Park disaster. That, that's what happens all around the world. They don't forget about the Hillsborough disaster also. And it always gets remembered. And I think we should do the same. Let's move on now to our chat about rugby. As promised, we look at the state of rugby in the country. We spoke about football on Monday. We spoke about cricket on Tuesday. And now we're talking rugby. And with me in studio, my guests are here, SABC Sports Analyst Vata Ngobeni. Good evening and welcome, sir. Evening to you, uh, Tabiso, uh, to Jody, to your listeners. And I must say, Tabiso, it's a great pleasure finally getting to share the studio with you <laughs> thank you thank <laughs> and, you and, walk, and welcome home thank you I feel like I've been here for years it feels like it's home I've been so warmly welcomed here thank you Vata Jody you've already been introduced the reigning yeah. SAB sports reporter of the year welcome and thank you for joining us on thank SAFM. you thank you for the invite I agree with everything Vata says and also remember you won it in 2015 yes <laughs> I won it two years after you <laughs> no pressure Vata we're just saying just saying just putting it out there uh, Vata Ngobeni gentlemen I just 
thought I should bring you here just to pick your brain, just to get your <clears> thoughts <throat> on where we are as far as rugby is concerned. As we start this new show, we want to have a base uh, to work with when we have to speak to the authorities and the people in charge. At least we know what the concerns are. And I'd like to pick it up from the top, Vata. Mark <laughs> Alexandra stays as president after the executive council meeting. Is he still the right man for you? Saru, Saru president, of course. So again, uh, you know, it's an issue I've, I've spoken about at length in the last few weeks. I've written about it on IOL um, and all the SABC stations, a lot of them. As much as Mark Alexander may be the right man for this time, I think one should look at that nomination list that was sent out prior to the, to the elections. Mm. And the names on that list is everything wrong with South African rugby. There are no females on that list. Mm. There are no black Africans on that list. There are no people below the age of 50 on that list. Mm. And Rappi says they are trying to reach out to the younger generation. Rappi says they need to accelerate transformation, especially when it comes to the black Africans being involved. And Rappi says to us that they want to re-establish women's rugby, especially yes. our senior national team, women's team, in 15s. They've done, they've done so now with the, with the seventh side. Unfortunately, that election doesn't speak to those priorities as they, 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 they so eloquently um, um, say that they, they want to prioritize. And, and to me, that is what is wrong. Um, and unfortunately, Mark Alexander becomes a victim of circumstance. Mm. He becomes a victim of an organization that for a very long time has said that it is changing, but has not begun taking the first steps in implementing the change. Mm. And it's easy to forget, I guess, that he was only in charge for, I think, two years uh, before this general council. Jody, do you agree with Vata? Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And, um, you know, we've had this conversation many times and he's in the position now for the next four years. Um, mm. We'll need to see what he comes up with. He's said the right things in the first couple of weeks after his appointment, uh, said we can't sustain 750 contracted players. Mm. Um, um, looking at full-time contracts, uh, looking at the smaller unions. But will he be able to implement that? Um, that will be, the, I suppose, the toughest nut to crack for him. Um, it's not going to happen in the next year. I can't see that happening. But mm. um, at least he's saying the right things. He's got a vision. And will he be able to um, see it through? That's the big question. Um, I don't envy him at all. How big a blow, gentlemen, was losing the 2023 Rugby World Cup bid after it seemed like it was in the bag? And most importantly, who takes responsibility for this fact? I think the blow, Tabitha, is, is extremely massive. Mm. Um, one only has to look at where we sit right at the moment at the SABC. Mm. Um, I've got no doubt in my mind there would have been host broadcasters of that World Cup. Mm. One has to look around the streets and the schools and the universities our kids are missing out on a golden opportunity of seeing the best players in the world at their doorstep. But more than that, the African continent has missed out again mm. on an opportunity of spreading the game of rugby throughout the continent and giving Saudi an opportunity to go out there and make a meaningful change on the rest of the continent, which they have not done. And if you want to apportion blame, part of the blame, yes, a lot of the blame must go to the nations who voted, World Rugby and the system that they've implemented when it comes to voting for, mm. for World Cups and how flawed that is. And we saw what happened with the FIFA World Cup when it eventually came to South Africa yep. uh, in that it, it, we had to expose the flaws in, in that system um, for, the right thing, yeah, for, the, for the right thing to be done. <laughs> and Germany benefited uh, largely out of that. And I feel sorry for New Zealand because 
the men from Oceania really, you know, you know, um, I think built a big war between us and them. But mm-hmm. however, you know, I think Saru themselves need to look, 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 at, need to look at themselves in the mirror. What have they done that made African rapi vote for for, for France? Mm-hmm. Or rather, what have they not done? And they need to acknowledge the fact that they, South Africa has not done enough. In fact, they've done nothing to enhance rapi on the continent, especially in Southern Africa. You know, you look at countries like Uganda, countries like Kenya, you know, our neighbors Zimbabwe, mm. you know, we're very involved in Namibia. But you only have to look at the demographics of the rapi team to understand why. Uh, the, 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 you know, the, the interest in keeping them in the loop. However, in Cote d'Ivoire, in mm. Senegal, in Ghana, rapi is growing at a rapid rate. Mm. And we are seeing that it's, it is France that is very much involved in the growth of rapi there. And we're going to see later on that countries like, like your, your England and so on will start getting involved there because you look at the Maro Etoji. He's a Nigerian of yeah, Nigerian descent. Mm. Why is he there? Why is a guy like him not here in South Africa playing for the Springboks? You know, so again, I think, yes, Saru will turn around and say, it is a voting system for 2023, but it's an opportunity for them to look at themselves and say, what could we have done better mm. to, to afford ourselves an opportunity of getting the vote of the, of the African countries, but more than anything, of being able to convince the rest of the voting powers that it is the right thing to do to finally bring back Rappi. To our, our, I want to say to its spiritual home, because this is where the Rappi World Cup gained some sort of credibility, gained some sort of humanity in 1995. So it sounds like Zvata is saying losing this bid was a failure, Jody. Yeah, uh, let's not forget we were the preferred candidate yes. <laughs> a few yes. weeks before that. And the champagne was ready. All of a sudden, at the last minute, France came out of nowhere. Um, I thought Ireland was going to be the dark horse in that race, but mm. all of a sudden, France came out of nowhere, which is also interesting because I think they're hosting the Olympic Games in 2024. So they'll be having two oh. big tournaments where the last time we had a big tournament was in 2010. Mm. And... I really think, you know, it was a big blow for South Africa. We needed it. We needed something positive. Some you, We've seen our sport can unite people in 1995, in 2003, 2010. We all remember that. And we needed something like that uh, as a country. And unfortunately, we didn't get it. I think the biggest mistake that SA Rugby made was just to sit back and wait for the announcement to be made while France went out and negotiated um, and made deals with people like the African Rugby Union. So... For me, in terms of the 2023, but I think South Africa or SA Rugby only have themselves to blame. But on the positive side, and they did get a windfall of 330 million rand for not hosting the World Cup. Okay. So, uh, Vata, I don't know if you're aware of that. Wow, so, let's hope it's you know, put it's into not good the use. financial situation, not that bad for them. No, let's hope it's put into good use. Let's get enough of the field matters now. Let's get on the field, Vata. Alistair has gone. Things seem to have been tough for him. I mean, what went wrong with Alistair? Why couldn't he get it right? And I'm saying this because after Heineke, everybody agreed that he's the right candidate. I think, in fact, he would have been the perfect candidate uh, two terms prior to, Ale- to, to Heineke Mayer. Ah. Um, and that would have been just before um, when Peter de Villiers took over because there would have been continuity, first of all. After the 2007 World yes, Cup? Yes, within the management team because he had been there as a background coach. Um, but I think more than anything, what went wrong with Alistair Kutia's term was Alistair Kutia. You know, we can't hide away from the fact that Alistair Kutia was the master of his own de- demise. Mm. Yes, 
I've heard that so many times. He was appointed at a very, very late stage. And he made the best of a situation. He beat Ireland. He won the series against Ireland. People are going to sit and, and harp on the fact that he became the first coach to lose Ireland at home. Find me a coach in the world that would have been appointed six weeks before their first test series, given a management team, and gone on to, to, to whitewash an Irish team that went on that year to beat Australia and went on to beat the, the All Blacks as well. And people forget that. However, in his second year, there was Norm Zwandvistik, a man that he had waxed lyrically about when he came in and said he will help Mzandile, he knows what it's like to be a coach that people undermine you, ABC and D because of the color of your skin. Mzandile's stick is gone. He had kept Adrian Stars for too long in the job, having knowing very well that Adrian Stars would retire at the end of the year, at the, at the end of that year. And more than anything, he brought in his own people that unfortunately, within that bubble, excluded him from, first of all, the rest of his team, I'll say that, especially the black players, black African players, who, who, who felt that they were sidelined, and not just them, um, black players in general. Because we see the likes of Lukanyo Am, the likes of Sia Kolis not being made captain, mm. when the writing was on the wall that he should have become captain. There are so many things that happened, and he's, he's got to take responsibility as well for those records we suffered at home to New Zealand, first of all, the record we suffered, defeat we suffered in New Zealand, mm. the, the record defeat we suffered against Ireland, the, the losses we suffered against Italy. At some point, Aristo Kutsi has got to take... Um, 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 Argentina too? Argentina, yeah, but fortunately, he didn't lose to Argentina at home. You know, but he mm. became the first guy to lose to Argentina away. However, you know, with that said, Tabiso, you know, yes, he must, take, he must take blame. But again, I keep on saying, the people who make decisions, the platicloth officers of Saru, <laughs> need to look at themselves in the mirror. Mm. And there are plenty of mirrors in that office. I've been there. They are plenty of, of mirrors. And when they look at themselves in the mirror, they need to be honest. Mm. They didn't do Alistair Kutia any favors. Now, Jody, because yeah. you agree with everything that Vata is saying, yeah. I can say. I, I can sum it up in one word, disappointed. I'm disappointed in Alistair. I'm in, disappointed in the way he conducted himself as coach. And I think he should be disappointed in himself as well. I just want to touch on one thing that Vata said, and that's um, Alistair not taking blame. You'll saw the letter that you leaked to certain media and won't mention any names. <laughs> Somebody broke that story. Somebody here in the studio. And in that letter, not once did he say, I take I'm responsibility. He kept pointing fingers at everyone and would, he could point fingers at and not once did he take responsibility and that for me was even a bigger disappointment. Uh, we all know Alistair. I've known him since, since the Cape Town days at the Stormers. Yes. And that seemed for me like a guy that was under pressure, that was panicking, and that was not himself. It's it's interesting what you guys are saying because it seems like he lost a lot of faith in the media too. And he used to be a media's guy. People used to love him, Alistair Kutsia, like you're saying at the Stormers. And I think he just distanced himself from the media, and, and that's why he isolated himself. We have a new coach now. There is a new coach, and we're going to touch on that um, after this break. And we'll also hear from former Bulls coach Pine Pinar. Call Tabiso now. 0891-104-207. So the worst kept secret came out. Rasia Rasmus, the new book coach. And uh, I want to get the thoughts of the gentleman here in studio. But firstly, let's hear from uh, Coach Pine Pinar. I think Rasi, I mean, with his track record, is definitely a cute coach. And I think he's really a, a master rugby brain. And uh, I think it's 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 really um, beneficial for South Africa having him back in the country. Uh, so uh, I believe that 
that he will do well and with his planning and the way that he sees rugby, um, I think will will we'll definitely benefit us. And uh, I think the fact that he that he goes for well for you know off in the northern hemisphere helped him as well. Um, you know, especially with planning and, and the way that the northern hemisphere sides do things and so um yeah, I think uh, I'm looking forward to see what, what he does with the box. Mm, and what do you expect him to bring to the box? Yeah, I think uh, obviously Rusty is always a bit of a step ahead mm. um, with with uh, with the way he sees, sees the game. I think uh, with him, winning is very important. And uh, I mean, you can you, you can see that in, in, in the in the side that he that he coached. Um, so I think for him, it will be more than how he can uh, manipulate the. Op- Opponents and and then at the end, you know, what can he do to 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 put them under pressure and, and to win test rugby and to make uh, to be more rugby again number one in the world. So mm. um, I think uh, there will be definitely some clever stuff from his side, but uh, I think for him it will be a, a drive. Uh, we can be again number one. Pine Pinars made his point. Jody, is he the right <laughs> man for the job? It sounds like he was the only man for the job. Yeah, Jody? I still want to know, did he apply or was he offered the job? But yeah, that's, that's why you're here. That's why you're here, Jody Hendricks. I, I disagree with Pine on one thing and that's in terms of the track record. As far as I know, the only track record that Russia has as coach is winning the Curry Cup and if that qualifies you to take this, get a six-year Springbok contract, then I think there's a lot of guys that can stand in line for that. Um Rassi is innovative. Will he be able to turn things around for the Springboks? And I think that's what everybody wants to see when they'll run out against Wales on the 2nd of June. Will he make all t- team changes to the team that Alistair picked? Um, will he retain the players or will he bring in? That's the kind of questions I want to know. Um, he said all the right stuff. I was at, the, at his uh, media briefing when he was appointed coach. He said all the right stuff. Vata, but then I'm, you know, I remember that Alistair's also said all the right stuff on the day of his appointment and we all saw how that ended. So um, I don't think, yeah, I think Rassi will lose a couple of games. I think he will, yeah, I think he's a, he's got a tough job ahead of him and I don't think he's the right man for the job to sum it up in, in one sentence. Um, but he's been given the job for six years, so let's see what he comes up with. For six years, Vata, that's a very long time. And he already seems to have backing from Saru uh, compared to what you said about Alistair because I was reading that he can even pick his overseas-based players now regardless of how many caps they have. I mean, what do you make of that? You know, just to Jody's point, um, Alistair said the right things, Heineken said the right things, Peter Duvillier said the right things, Jake White said the right things, Rudolf Stahli said the right things. And that's as far as my my rapi for you. Uh, yeah, uh, journalism <laughs> career. Remember him? Because you know they all said the right things. Mm. Um, and again, the 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 proof of that will be in how he churns out results um, this year. Unfortunately, this job is unforgiving. Mm. Being a coach, um, everyone loves you before you win. Everyone loves you when you win, but trust me, they will hate you when you lose. Um, when you look at Rusty's track record, people speak of the 2005 Five, Cup final <laughs> at Loftus. Mm. That was not Rusty's doing. I can tell you now, it was Johan Roots and Fori Dupreas doing. Um, you look at 2006, shared Karakap yeah. with the Blue Bulls, an understrength Blue Bulls side. Um, and then he went on to the Stormers. Um, and I think they ended fifth was did, the highest. Did, did Is that, that where you had the disco lights? It, no, no yeah, the, the Oh, in Bloom. Did the same runner he did and became director of rugby. 
Yeah. Because the feeling, Tabis, we need to be honest about this. The feeling around is that Rasi wants the accolades. He wants the glory. However, he doesn't last the distance. Mm. Because coaches last the distance. Real coaches last the distance. You, you need to be in the job, not only when it is good. Yeah. You must be in the job also when it is tough. You go ask Heineken Mayer when you got chased out of Loftus. Came back, had sunk the, the balls to the lowest they've ever been in Super Rapi. Lost every single game in a Super Rapi season. Went away, came back, built himself up, built a team from Karakab, from Vodacom Cup, Karakab. Mm -hmm. Eventually, he won 2007 Super Rapi. After that, France Uwe takes over, a team that is already made and built for him, and all he did was to keep everything in place. So again, Rassi, we can sing his praises, but we must also realize that Rassi has also had his shortcomings. Yes, he's innovative in his thinking. However, is that sustainable <laughs> for six years? <laughs> you know, is that... And mm. we're we a year out from, from a World Cup. So for, we were a year out from a World Cup. I don't think anybody is going to accept substantive results from Rassi Erasmus, and no one is going to accept him saying all of a sudden, after all, I'm also the director of rugby in this country. And on that point, he's also seen as the brains of South African rugby at the moment. What's Boxmart? And is he behind Boxmart? Can somebody explain to us what Boxmart is? Okay. Well, Boxmart is a program um, that came from the rugby department that okay. when Rassi was in his, in his previous job mm -hmm. as director of rugby <laughs> or as general manager mm. um, for rugby. Um, and and that it, it is a, a certification program to make sure that all, every single coach at every single level in this country is, is certified, you know, and, and people understand mm. what it entails to coach sides, but more than anything, the, the safety aspect of rugby as well. Because Tabiso, yeah. we've seen a lot of injuries we've, over the years, mm. you know, and, and serious injuries. You know, players have died on rugby fields. We're seeing, um, you know, a lot paralyzed. of players who've yeah, been paralyzed and so on. I mean, one fantastic example of that is Dan Lombard, who's a journalist now. You know, broke his neck in a rugby field at Petura Boys High. Um, playing there at, at a practice and and you know Dan has made something wonderful of his life and you know I, we want to prevent those 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 situations from happening um, but when they do happen um, you know Rappi needs to give hope to to people like like a Dan Lombard and, and Dan Lombard is a fantastic example of of what Rappi can give back even when it's taken when it seems it's taken a lot away from people. Yeah, I think Boxmart is needed, especially when we talk in terms of safety. And I think it's a really um, good product and a good program that they have. My question is just how serious do our coaches take it? You'll, mm -hmm. At the end of your tour last year in Europe, it came out that Brendan Fenter finally did his Boxmart course. So oh. one of the assistant coaches in at the, the box team. Box, you know, that, that, that's the thing. You can have all the best programs in the world. If you don't get the buy-in from the people that you mean to have the buy-in from, you're not going to get anywhere. And, you know, that's the kind of questions that I have around a program like that. That can work if, if it's implemented correctly. It will work perfectly. But then we need guys like Brendan Fenter to buy into that. Okay, that great it stuff. Goes, yeah? It goes to minimum requirements. Mm. It goes to how Rassi got the job. You know? Minimum requirements to become book coach previously, if I remember, Jody, is international experience, yep. the qualifications, proven success at super rugby level, at super rugby level at least. Alistair could say had the proven success. People would talk about him not having won a trophy. Show me anyone besides Heineke Meyer and Franz Urge who've, who've won a trophy in super rugby in South Africa. No one has. 
Alistair Kutia got his team to a semi to a final, super rapid final. Mm. Alistair Kutia won two Curry Cups. I can go on. He's won a World Cup as assistant mm. coach. So the minimum requirements did not apply when he came to Rasi Erasmus to become board coach. And and we surprised when Brendan Fenter becomes Bok Smart certified during an end of year tour <laughs> after having come in as a consultant much earlier in the year. Sure. I just wanted to <laughs> touch on, on, on one thing uh, uh, around Rasi Erasmus and that's his workload. Remember, mm. the Springbok coach, like Vata said in the beginning, is a very difficult job. People will yeah. hate you, people will chase you, people will spit on you. He also has the responsibility of director of rugby where he has to look at all eight national teams. Now, if you look at the Springboks, for one, mm. a very difficult job. The Blitzbok are world champions. How do you sustain that? Our under-20s struggled last year. How will they do uh, this year? So if you throw all that, you know, is Rassi Superman, Vata, that we don't know about? We'll find out. The results will tell. <laughs> After the break, though, I want us to go a level down now. We're going to talk Super Rugby and a bit of Curry Cup. But before we go to the break, I just want to read you the statement that just came in. Um, in light of our conversation earlier on with Mrs. Nation, um, one of the uh, mothers who lost a son in the Ellis Park disaster, and the PSL has released a statement to say that the PSL will observe a moment of silence for the Ellis Park disaster. <laughs> Mama Winnie Mandela, <coughs> excuse me, and Mr. Zola Squeya. So that will hopefully happen tonight. It doesn't say when it's going to happen, uh, but it looks like it will probably happen tonight because there are matches tonight. This message is brought to you by the Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs in KwaZulu Natal. Did you know in KZN, our municipalities combined are owed 13 billion rand? With such a huge amount, so many things can be done to improve our lives. It is therefore important that residents, businesses and government departments pay for municipal services at all times so that our municipalities are able to discharge their duties without any financial constraints. We must pay for our electricity and report anyone who is stealing it. We must also pay for water because it is expensive for our municipalities to clean and pump it to our homes. Failure to pay for municipal services is a criminal offence with serious consequences. Be a good citizen and pay your levies at all times. Seven to eight PM. Sport on with Tabiso Masia. Join the conversation 0891-104-207. Whether you agree or disagree with our guests, also on social media we are SAFM Sport and the hashtag is SPR. S-P-O-R-T-O-N That's Sport On And SMS line is 40938 Now gentlemen, Jody Hendricks with me in studio And Vata Ngobeni I want us to go a level down now And to look at what's happening below Curry Cup Has it lost its value A lot of people feel that uh, Curry Cup is not taken seriously anymore Vata You know, you've got to watch Curry Cup To see that there's plenty of value in Curry Cup rugby mm. You know, the number of, of, of superstars or potential superstars that are being unearthed by their competition is, is phenomenal. And you look at the conversion rate from Curry Cup into Super Rapi, you understand the value of the product, but how successful it is as well in being, you know, um, an important part of the pipeline uh, to making Springboks. The problem is not the value of it. It's the fact that Saru are devaluing it. Uh-huh. And I don't want to sound as I'm bashing Saru. We need to speak, you know, truth to power. Yeah. Saru have devalued their own competition. One year, they don't know if they're going to have eight teams, nine teams, seven teams, six teams. 
They don't know when they're going to have it, either in July, um, in August, um, so that at times it it runs at the same time, concurrently, as the Super Rugby semi-final and final. Um, As you saw, the mess with the Lions when they played in their final um, two years ago, and all of a sudden they they had to start playing Karaka Rugby. and that, and again, you know, type of, so there was a there was almost a, a big mess up, Jody. If you remember, if last year or the year before, the year before twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. yeah, when a, Spr- a Sprung All Black Test match was scheduled for Durban on the same weekend ah, as that. a Car Cup semi final, yes. and the question was, what if the Sharks had been in the Car Cup semi final? That means that, and I had a home game. That means that you know, had a Car Cup semi final. And the test match lined up to be played in the same stadium on the same day. You can't say, you cannot say to me, Tabi, you value your product. When you, 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 you get something that simple wrong, when you are in that business of making our fixtures, of making sure your competitions are aligned to each other. You know, we've got Super Sport Rapid Challenge running yeah. concurrently as Super Rapid. Yeah. Just, just as, 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 as Vastika Rapid and Vastika Shield Rapid are finishing off. You know, the problem is that Saru are not aligning their competitions. Saru are not making sure that all their competitions, especially the feeder ones, feed in properly into the competition yeah. tier above. Mm. You know, we should be having our club competitions feeding into, and, and our varsity competitions, feeding into the Super Sport Rugby Challenge, feeding mm. then into the Curry Cup, which mm. feeds into Super Rugby, okay, yeah. and that feeds into the Sprung. National team. Right, good. There, good there, should, there, there should be seamless, seamless symmetry into making sure that those competitions all work together to make sure that they feed the national team. Saru are the ones devaluing Curry Cup Rugby. Let's hear from our other guest, Pine Pinar. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it's such a rich tradition uh, and history around the carry cup. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, we can you can you can say that that maybe it, it lost its value. But I think year in and year out, it, it, the last five years, it produced uh, great junior players and great players coming through. Um, and I think it's still a a, a beautiful trophy to play for. Um, I think uh, only uh, drawback this year. I think they only have a single round. Um, this year in the Curry Cup, where in the past they played two rounds, mm. um, having away. So um, uh, there's a lot of rugby, I understand, but uh, I think it would be really a tra- tragedy if uh, if we lose the Curry Cup. Uh, and hopefully, I believe that the uh, Soru management, you know, they, they won't see that happening. But uh, I think um, that the Curry Cup is, is definitely a thing that, that's, that's near to every rugby player in South Africa. So those are the views of uh, Pine Pinar. It looks like we also have a caller on the line here, uh, Robinho. What a name, Robinho. Uh, good evening, Robinho. Are you there? Uh, member, how are you? Okay, and you? Where are you I'm calling good, us from, Robinho? I'm in Pofada, remember? In the Northern Cape? Yes. Nice one, nice one. What do you want to add? Yeah, you see, remember, listening to Vata, for me, it says, uh, I, I'm even scared to say we've got a professional rugby. That means it's understatement, because I think we have people who doesn't have the best interest of the country in that management. I think, for me, we've got people who are there to protect the interests of the others. I mean, for so many years, we still have shenanigans like fixture, mess up, and all that. Mm-hmm. And we can't even get the transformation right. So we don't have professional people who are running our rugby mm-hmm. at all. 
Mm-hmm. Loud and clear there. And, and I think, Jody, that's the next point from Robinho. Thanks, Robinho. The big T, transformation. Everybody talks transformation, this, 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 this. We did see a couple of, two years ago, I was there, the APG report uh, said yeah. that Saru is not meeting his transformation targets. The then minister, Minister Fikile Mbalula, says he, that he won't allow them to bid for the Rugby World Cup. But we do know what happened after that. Two years later now, is, is Saru meeting its, 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 its transformation targets? Look, I think if Rasia has to um, select a Springbok team today, I think he can reach those transformation goals easily and pick a team on merit. I was about to say, a team on merit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I've got no doubt about that. But in terms of that report that you're talking about, the on-field is one aspect of transformation. Yes. The players on the field, that's one aspect. We need yes. to look at the governance. We need to look at the administrators, like Vata pointed yes. out. We need to look at the management. We need to look at the agents. And this is something that nobody in SRA rugby touched on. As far as I know, 99% of South African rugby agents are white males. We, and that's where it needs to be. I know of one black guy. There might be two. I don't know if the other one is still involved. Is that so, um, Conto? Kondo, uh, yeah. not at the moment, I think. Uh, oh. But he, he's also a lawyer by, by, by profession, Mr. Mofanya. So, so it, it, we, in terms of getting players on the field, I think we've got the talent. Um, we, we can have more talent. We can yeah. give more guys opportunity at Super Rugby level, at Curry Cup level, um, and eventually they'll come out and play for the Springboks. But we need to look at the other aspects. We need to address the administrators. We need to address the coaches. We need to look at the boards of our provincial unions, of the South African Rugby Union. And that, that's unfortunately where they're failing. In terms of getting players on the field, I think we need to give kudos to them. We'll be able to field, I think, a strong team that's representative of the South African demographic. Where are the black coaches, Vata? There are in in of SA them. rugby, we there don't see them. them in these high They're profile not opportunities. Of them. It, and, and thank you very much, Jody. Jody's spot on, not getting opportunities. You're sitting with the administrator, Tim Rulani, who's a manager of the, of, of the Bulls team. His job is redundant. You're sitting with the Jew Swarpoy, who was under 19 coach and Young Guns coach and went on to win the, the Young Guns competition. His job redundant. Denzel France, who's produced Primbox. The Springboks that we saw running around at the, at the, in Pretoria, they came from his hands. Those forwards. Lopsha. His jo- jo- job retended. Ricardo Lopsha. I was told he's coaching on the 12s or on the 15s. Unfortunately, he's sitting now in, in, in the Sharks. In the yeah. sharks. Um, but they, even then, he came from the Springboks and was helping out at Pretoria Boys High School. You know, you look at um, Mr. Bafana um, and Tleko here at, at, at the Lions. Mm. The man was ready to become Curry Cup coach. And when the Lions realized he become Curry Cup coach, all of a sudden, Swasty Brains available to do that. You go down to Sinogando at the Free State Cheaters. Was helping out the Curry Cup. Tricking all the way down to under-19s. This is a man who's a skills coach and a background coach and is made defense coach. You go down to the K- to K-Town. Paul True comes in, has coached at international level, sevens. And if he first comes in as a defense coach, you go to Durban. The same thing has happened to Dion Kayser, mm-hmm. surplus to requirement. And, and again, Tabizo, the people are there. All the people want is opportunity. You look at the coaches that have gone past, you know, in, in the late Peter Maiman, mm. one of the most qualified coaches, unbeaten, 2008, if I'm not mistaken, uh, finished off that Merit Day competition. Yeah. Or mm. you could become as a technical advisor to the Springboks. There's so many names. There's Vyazanga. so many names. Of the likes of Vyazanga is is head coach Germany. Germany, yeah. You know, and 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 um, Kumani Boy needs an opportunity. Elliot Fana needs an opportunity. Jody, you can ramble off 
Plenty yeah, of names. Nizam Adams in Cape Town. Etienne Finn was part of the. We can. We so can the coaches this. are there. Yeah. They're just, just not getting what, the what I'm trying to say is that in terms of uh, being a professional or a provincial rugby coach in South Africa, it, for me it comes down to cater deployment. You need the bosses need to like you in order, and we've seen it with Robbie Fleck in Cape Town. Robbie Fleck for me is an average coach. He's what has he done with the Stormers the past two years that he's been in for him to justify to stay in that job for another two three years? Nothing. Um, you know, I think Sways the brain. The the switch from Johan Ackerman to Sways the brain was probably the natural one. But now appoint some black coaches as your assistants. Give them experience at Super Rugby level, and that's I think where the fault lies. I can't believe you guys mentioned Robbie Fleck and Dion Kays in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> we all remember what happened. Let's jump now to schools rugby. Gentlemen, what is how's the state of schools rugby in the country at the moment? And I'm talking about this because I saw that Gray have struck a partnership with Montpellier in France. They don't want to really come clear to what that's about, but I feel that we could lose some of our best young players to Montpellier and they might end up playing for France. What's the state of schools rugby and what's going on down there? And also, there's the issue of contracts. I think schools rugby is healthy when you when you only look at the traditional rugby schools. Yeah. Beyond the traditional rugby schools, the schools that come to the Easter festivals in Johannesburg, the ones that go to the Kersley Festival down in KZN, beyond those schools, because those are the elite schools, whether it's smaller C schools or private or former C schools and private schools, they do their thing. They've always been doing their thing. And that's where South African rugby tends to pick players from. What are we doing about township rugby? What are we doing about township schools that are rural rugby? Yeah. Club rugby. You know, the clubs for a very long time with the lifeblood. Of, of, of those players who can't make it into the school's first teams, those players who are late developers who'd go play for their clubs. And we have none of that at the moment. So I'll say to you, the state of schools, Rappi, is a complete mess if you look outside of the elite schools. And the elite schools themselves are not, a, are not doing what they used to do because the pool is just getting bigger. Mm. And unfortunately, Gray is, will be mum. We know the people that have gone to Gray College. Mm. We know that because they are agents. We know that they took a lot of players out of this country to France. I'm not surprised Montpellier is involved there. Mm. I won't be surprised one of these days when names like essentially the agency comes up and you find that, yes, there are grey boys who run that agency. Mm. Yes, there are grey <laughs> boys who teach at grey. There are grey boys everywhere. Yeah. I mm. just want to touch on that. Uh, first of all, the top 20 schools, your top 20 rugby schools in South Africa produce 90% of your professional rugby players. So that says a lot. Uh, I've actually follow, followed up Only on Only 20 schools. The top 20 schools mm. in South Africa produces 90%, 90%. of the wow. professional rugby players in South Africa. Um, I've followed up on the, the great Montpellier story. And there's a fund that has been set up by the French to get youngsters out of school. I think they'll be taking something like 50 a year and be taking them to Montpellier. Uh, interestingly enough, while I did that story, I found out that there's not a similar, but yeah, not the same, but a similar agreement between Saracens and Paul Rose. That's why Damien oh. Willems has spent some time, I think six months with Saracens in 2016 or 15. So, you know, we need to look a bit further than that. I think in terms of if we need... If we're going to talk about schools rugby, we need to talk about outside your traditional top schools. And the only person I can think of or the player I can think of recently that made his Springbok debut that didn't go to one of the big schools was Courtney Skosan who went to Brackenfell High School, which is not a traditional big rugby school, even though it's a Model C school. Um, and I think we need to throw the net a bit wider if mm. we want more 
talented players and get them into the elite programs. Get elite programs at township and schools at the Cape Flats, and then it will be a win-win situation. But that's not happening. The status quo is staying as it is with the top schools producing all the players. A quick one. How do the contracts work? Do these boys get contracts at school? Do they get big money at school? Or do they get slurred until they leave school? People will tell you that there's no contract in yeah. school. I'll tell you now. Coaches slip up and tell us that I signed Henry Pollard yeah. when he was at school. Wow. When he was in, st- in grade Cape 11. Yeah. Yeah. In the Western Cape. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And that's how I ended up in Pretoria. I signed Derek Ohad. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm looking at one coach, but that's yeah. how yeah. things come out. So yes, there are contracts that are signed. Um, you look the, at go to a Cohen Bosch situation, yeah, and you would have seen the horse bidding that was happening at Donald Porros when 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 the Craven Week was down there. Mm. It was scary. I heard of things of people within his family being paid some sort of retainer, yeah, to ensure that Cohen Bosch goes to Sharks. Is this healthy, Jody? It's not healthy, um, because you're not guaranteed that that play will necessarily go on to become a Springbok Kerwin Bosch is probably a classic example of where it did work out but it's not healthy because we've seen many stories heard many stories of where it didn't work out for players they were superstars at school level yeah. at varsity level and it didn't work out for them um, as far as I know it's illegal to yeah. offer uh, someone under the age of 18 a contract but this is where the whispering yeah. comes in with the parents and I think parents need to be really careful not to you know if you come from a middle class family and all of a sudden your you're 18 year old or your 16 year old uh, we're talking about let's say 40, 30, 50, 50,000 rand a month uh, you know you will be very tempted and I think uh, parents need to take responsibility and look after the kids because they are ultimately responsible for you know the child um, up until 18 and afterwards as well and I think um, agents and rugby unions are exploiting them I just want to wrap up with this question on Twitter. Quick answer, gents. Tembi Somagaza says, can you ask your guests, why do most South African teams struggle when they play away, especially in New Zealand and Australia in Super Rugby? I don't think they're prepared enough. And mm. secondly, it's a mind, there's, a mind, there's a mindset that is set in South African rugby that it's almost impossible to win in New Zealand. And no matter how much teams like the Sharks recently have deep, tried to debunk that myth, the Stormers a few years ago, um, the Bulls have done it before there as well. No matter how much they do, I think that the, 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 the losses far outweigh the wins in New Zealand and it's all in the mind. Yeah, I think it goes through phases. I think the Lions, the past couple of years, they've been on a curve where they've beaten Australian and New Zealand teams away. Um, the Bulls were there at once, so that will probably die down um, in a couple of years as well. In other team will take over but it is worrying that after all these years um, our teams are still struggling I think back to the Super Rugby tournament in the late or mid to late 1990s and they said our teams couldn't win away from home and it's sad that that's still the case in 2018 Showing your age there, Jody Hendricks. But what a <laughs> wonderful conversation. And I'll wrap it up with this tweet from Tabang Mazibugo. says, quite insightful and, insightful and thought-provoking points raised by Vatango Beni and Jody Hendricks. Thank, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for coming into studio, uh, Vata, at this time of the night. I know you'll be sleeping by, by now. So thank you. And thank you, the, the, the madam, for allowing you to come here. Jody, uh, thank you. Please get your, your award back. And also thank you to Luyolo and our producer, technical producer, Sylvester, pulling the strings there behind the scenes. And up next was uh, Ashraf Gada with The Viewpoint. And also, if you have any suggestions or ideas, please email us, sport at safm.co.za. Kulchik will uh, take your, uh, your emails there and she will definitely respond to you. There'll be more sport in the morning on SAFM Sport with Bed Brown. I am Tabi Somusia.